Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and joining me for this episode is Mike Bradley and Ian Leidick. Uh They don't get to introduce themselves this time because I realized while editing, we never did a new intro for this episode. So for anyone that likes the cold opens and guest introductions, I'm sorry, but I did not plan well enough to take the time to include them in this episode. Um... So if you're already confused, uh, I'll try to catch you up to speed, I guess. Uh, last week, we planned to record a news episode. Uh, I was aiming to talk about some quick hit headline stuff, uh, and then some Microsoft and Sony news, covering all of that, hopefully, in about an hour. Well, when we were done recording, it came out to about two hours, and as I was editing last weekend, it seemed very likely that Sony was going to have some announcements that could actually coincide with some of the stuff that we discussed in that episode. So I decided to split the recording, delay the other half a week to see if Sony was going to announce what they wanted to announce, um, and put out the quick hit stuff first just to put something out. So that's what we did. We did the quick hit stuff last week, caught up on like three wor- three months worth of news that we hadn't really talked about. Um, and then the part you get this week is the back half where we talked about the Microsoft and Sony, uh, where they keep buying up and acquiring video game developers, and some of them are pretty big if you haven't paid attention. Um, So I got Mike and Ian back to record a new bit about the uh, PlayStation's new subscription service plan that they talked about. That was the announcement I was waiting to see. There was rumblings that they were going to announce some stuff. That seemed to be the most likely. Uh, We actually kind of discussed a little bit of the... um, I guess if there was a possibility of them doing that when we talked about the acquisitions and sure enough, it ended up coinciding with what we talked about. So they, I wanted to get them back and just kind of put this at the end. So there's a new bit at the end for what we recorded uh, on that announcement and some updates for that. But I mean, all of this really is just a long winded excuse as to why there's no intro at the top. Cause we were all kind of, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants trying to put some of this together. And, and there was just one thing we didn't really have time for. And I completely kind of forgot about. So this is what you get. You get me instead. Um, couple other just housekeeping things. Uh, the bit that we recorded for the Microsoft and Sony acquisitions, um, you might hear some like crackling in the, some of the audio mainly, I think when Mike talks, there were some issues with his specific audio, so there's certain places where it just starts to crackle when he's talking, and I couldn't really figure out what was going on or what was happening. I tried my best to edit, edit it out, um, but it was either it came down to either cutting out what he said or leave it in and just kind of deal with the crackling. So I apologize for the shittiness of some of the audio, but I did what I could. We're kind of just stuck with it right now. Um, I've also, I mean, I guess speaking of Sony rumors too, there I've also heard there's other another big rumor for another big uh, Sony acquisition that might happen, which might actually seem particularly interesting to to Mike, I guess, if this pans out. But I was seeing it floating around the internet around April Fool's, so I'm not, I'm a little unsure how much weight I want to put in that. But I'm sure, I mean, by the time this episode is released, I would be surprised if something official is announced shortly afterwards, because right when I think we're on top of the news... We immediately get outdated by something else. So that's just kind of the way the cycle works. I thought we were on top of things, jumping back in and talking about the subscription service stuff. But, you know, I I don't know. We'll see. Fingers crossed. We'll, it, we might come back and record something on it. We'll see. At the very least, I will definitely post something about it uh, when it happens. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to mention what it is because I try really hard to be the person to give you factual information. I hate communicating and commenting on rumors because 
we've done stuff like that in the past, and it seems like whenever we talk about a topic that might happen, it turns out it doesn't happen, and then I feel like in a way that I've led you guys on to something like that sounds either really cool, and then get everybody's hopes up, and then just dash them because we never hear about it again. So I, I try to make this a place where you guys can listen to the new stuff we cover that have all been officially announced somewhere, so there's no confusion about what's going on. Now, I guess some of the stuff we still get burned for, you know, if some official announcements fall apart, things get canceled, dates change, but I do my best to try to keep on top of it for you guys. So if we don't talk about it on the, on the show or give you an update on the show, I try to make sure I, I make it a point to post that update on our socials, so feel free to... You know, when I talk about all the links and stuff like that, Facebook, Twitter, and stuff, uh, those are the places to go to hopefully get the updates when we see them. But, all right, so I've, I've, you've heard from me long enough, or at least me solo. You're going to hear from me more later. Um, so I'll get into the episode. When I throw it to our past selves here, it's going to be, we're just going to end up hitting the ground running because this is all, you know, pre-recorded stuff. So uh, here we go. What we recorded before, the Sony Microsoft acquisitions. Uh, there's a little bit the end that was new that we did for the PlayStation subscription tiers. All of that is coming up in this episode. Enjoy. Uh, all right, so Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. So the big stuff. Uh, happened a few months ago. We never talked about it. This is uh, apparently how big companies, big gaming companies operate now. So Microsoft and Sony begin, beginning to consolidate studios under their umbrella. And not just smaller studios. These are some big name developers. So we did talk about uh, how Microsoft surprised everyone by acquiring Bethesda. Uh, at the time, that was a huge deal. They bought ZeniMax Media, which is the parent company of Bethesda Softworks, for $7.5 billion. Uh, and then on January 18th, 2022, Microsoft announced it was acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. This would put Microsoft in charge of Activision Publishing, Blizzard Entertainment, Beanox, Demonware, Digital Legends, High Moon Studios, Infinity Ward, King, Major League Gaming... Radical Entertainment, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bobs, and Treyarch. Gives them access to franchises like Call of Duty, Warcraft, Candy Crush, Tony Hawk, Diablo, Overwatch, Spyro, Hearthstone, Guitar Hero, Crash Bandicoot, and StarCraft. So, for anyone following the news, Activision Blizzard came under fire over the last year for multiple scandals, including labor protests from Call of Duty developers, uh, a lawsuit against them for creating a quote-unquote... Con- constant sexual harassment workplace culture. Uh, And in November of 2021, the Wall Street Journal published an article of how CEO Bobby Kotick not only knew about these problems of workplace workplace culture, but that he himself was accused of mistreatment and harassment by women. So the company was not looking very good. Uh, According to The Verge, CEO of Microsoft Gaming Phil Spencer sent a company-wide email to Xbox staff two days after the Wall Street Journal article saying that he was disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at Activision Blizzard and is evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments. The next day, Phil Spencer talked to Bobby Kotick. According to the article, their conversation was around a different topic, but eventually veered into strategic opportunities between the two companies. And the next day, both men joined a call with Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, Uh, And that's when Microsoft began talking about acquiring Activision Blizzard. In the same article from The Verge, they detailed that Activision Blizzard's SEC filing of the merger, uh, and they say that there were four other unnamed companies and one unnamed individual all looking to buy Activision Blizzard. So they don't name who any of these people are, what the other companies are, but there was other interest. Uh, It also says that if the FTC blocks the deal, 
And when all of a sudden, you know, we're still waiting for a year for this deal to go through. It has to go through all the proper channels, courts, and all that stuff. Um, if it is blocked by the FTC, Microsoft has to pay Activision Blizzard 2 to $3 billion. Um, if Activision Blizzard shareholders block the deal, they would have to pay Microsoft $2.27 billion. Still early. The deal won't be finalized for at least another year, so there's plenty of time for this deal to hit some roadblocks. Um, with the merger... Many people are calling for Bobby Kotick's resignation. Uh, the Activision Blizzard press release has said that Bobby Kotick will continue to serve as CEO, but once the deal is done, all Activision Blizzard business will report to Phil Spencer. So I would think it's pretty clear that he's leaving, Bobby Kotick is leaving once the deal is done. But as the Verge article reports, he will not be leaving with his tail between his legs. He has about 4.3 million shares in Activision Blizzard stock and at the time of the article, his shares were worth $410 million. And if he decides to stay after the deal is done, and Microsoft has to force him out, he has a golden parachute worth $14.5 million. So he is not going empty-handed. Uh, that's the info I have for that deal. We could talk about that for a little bit, or I can go to the Sony Bungie stuff, and then we can loop back around for both of them. I don't know if you guys have a preference. Let's do Bungie real quick. Okay. All right, so Sony and Bungie. Uh, not to be outdone, about two weeks later, after Microsoft announced it was buying Activision Blizzard, Sony announced that it was buying former Microsoft studio Bungie. Bungie is the original creator of Halo, has since moved on to create Destiny. Uh, after Halo 3 released in September of 2007, Bungie had announced that they were separating from Microsoft in October of 2007 to become their own company. the part where they were a Macintosh developer. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't go back that far. I did miss that step. Uh, but when they split from Microsoft in October 2007 to become their own company, Microsoft would retain the rights to Halo. Bungie continued to work on the Halo franchise and released Halo ODST in September 2009, and then Halo Reach in September 2010. However, that same year in 2010, back in April of 2010, before Halo Reach released, Bungie announced that they were entering a 10-year publishing agreement with Activision Blizzard. Uh, following Reach's release... Bungie finally separated from Microsoft to begin work on their new IP, which turned out to be Destiny. Microsoft continued to make Halo games with some of the people from Bungie that decided to stay. They formed their own studio, which became 343 Industries. Over Destiny's development cycle, Bungie and Activision struggled to see eye-to-eye -eye on how and when how much content should be released. Activision loves their annual releases and saw Destiny as something that could be mined for years. Bungie saw Destiny as a one ever-evolving game, but Activision continued to push Before expansions... every year. <laughs> <laughs> Activision continued to push expansions, updates, sequels. Eventually, in January of 2019, Bungie and Activision said they were parting ways, but this time Bungie retains the rights to their new IP, meaning that they were became the sole in control of Destiny. Um, they became a self... They continued to self-publish the game. Any additional content drops between then and... Uh, January... Th uh, yeah, any, any, yeah, they self-published the game. With any additional releases and content drops, uh, on January 31st this year, 2022, Bungie and Sony released a statement that they Sony was buying Bungie for $3.6 billion. Um, so, And before you wonder what happens to Destiny, both companies stress that Bungie will continue to be a multi-platform and independent studio and publisher. So if you are playing Destiny on anything other than a PlayStation, you will still be able to play Destiny on everything other than a PlayStation. Even the Google Stadia, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, I was going to say, for now. Because I feel like Microsoft said the same thing at first. 
about the Bethesda titles. Like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, now no, they're no. like, Microsoft was very clear that they would honor current publishing agreements, right. which is yes. the exact same terminology they used when they bought Activision. Right. We will honor current publishing <laughs> agreements. Yeah. They made no promises I, to release Bethesda games in the future on multiple platforms. And, and this is something I think that has to be clear for everybody. They did not spend nearly $70 billion buying Blizzard and Activision to be like, yeah, we'll release them everywhere. Don't buy into Game Pass because you can buy it on PlayStation. This shit is just corporate bureaucracy talk that as soon as they're able to make it exclusive, they will. But do they have to? Like, I think that's part of the conversation is I don't think they have to. Why would I think they can still, I think Microsoft can still make money. They want you subscribed. They want all those people that would just buy it. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to just subscribe to that than buying the seventy dollar game. Right, right. But if you don't offer another option, are people going to stop playing Call of Duty, or are they just going to do it on Xbox instead? But again, Microsoft has continually said they don't give a shit what console you play on, what device you play on. They just want you to play their games. So even if that audience is PlayStation, I don't see there's any reason why they wouldn't release the highest selling first person shooter franchise ever, not on PlayStation. Like I think they're done. I think it's three games, I think was what people were saying, that Sony has like a, an agreement with Activision for three more Call of Duty games. Okay. Yeah. I think at that point it's it. Obviously, they're already... Before, without Microsoft being in charge, Activision's already announced they're skipping for the first time in 17 years a yearly COD release. I looked at that. Which so is a good thing. Call of Duty has started in uh, way back in... What was the year that I saw? Um, Four, 2003. Four, three. 2003. Yeah, like, October 2003. Since then, there has been a Call of Duty release every year since 2003. This is the first... Uh, that is like, granted, we're getting a Call of Duty release this year. It's They've yeah, already confirmed Modern year. Warfare 2 is happening this year. Because Vanguard yeah. sucks. So whatever the next Black Ops is won't be until 2024. Right. So from Modern or Warfare 2 probably this fall, we're getting a two-year gap between Call of Duty titles, which is the first time that has ever happened in the release schedule of Call of Duty. Which really, you know, like, I'm happy for it, and I'm upset by it. Because Treyarch's Call of Duty are my personal favorites. So, it's like, alright, we're not getting one next year. But, the one we get the following year will be even better. So Ideally, yes. More time to develop. Like, the, the development cycle for these games, like, they... They have enough studios working on Call of Duty that they can release them every year and still have a little bit of break for certain studios. Like, they, they like you said, they pass the torch. Infinity Ward... Treyarch, Infinity Ward, Treyarch. Sometimes they put well, Sledgehammer, Sledgehammer games yeah. and well, High Moon and thing, stuff though. in it's, there. And... It started off alternating between those two. Then they threw Sledgehammer in. Then one, I forget which Sledgehammer game did really bad. Ghosts. And they're like, yeah, Ghosts. you're getting... Probably. You're yeah. getting skipped, Buster Boy. And then Vanguard came out, which was the lowest selling Call of Duty game. Sledgehammer. All time, or since They Ghost. just need to take a giant boot to sledgehammer so, but that's and be the other like, issue though is is activision as a whole basically just all of the studios that activision basically became cod support studios yep. yeah like well, they basically isn't it, what is it raven built, the company's built around an modern annual Warfare, Call of Duty or does release. warzone like they, they set up raven to do modern or yeah. to do warzone which is they're also talking about warzone 2 coming out later this year right that's what i think is going to happen. And I think no matter what, like Warzone 2 that and happens, Modern Warfare 2 are going to kind of coincide. I think it'll be somewhere somewhere in the release cycle of Modern Warfare 2. I don't know if they've said if it's the same day that Modern Warfare 2 releases. No, like, I don't you know, think it will be. 
Because I don't think okay. they want them to compete. I think no, they're going to yeah, want cause... one or the other, like probably Modern Warfare 2 to come out first, let people get in, play it, level up, get their guns leveled up, get all that stuff ready, and then just the same way they did with Vanguard and Caldera, even though both of those are a complete shit show, you know, you, you throw Modern Warfare 2 out and then two, three months later, Warzone 2, and you just keep the hype train going. So you've got the hype yeah, for Modern when... Warfare 2 and then you get the hype to kick back up again. When the first Modern Warfare released, like, uh, Modern Warfare came out in the fall of yeah. whatever year that was, 2019, and then yep. uh, Warzone released in, like, March of 2020. So there was a good four to five month gap somewhere in there between the games. I would expect that for Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2. And, and this is something that, like, I personally am a fan of, like, the Call of Duty, um, like, pro esports. My, my hope is that with a longer development cycle and with Microsoft in charge and wanting to push this, maybe that we get a better esports scene for all titles involved. Cause Blizzard has a couple in there as well that are obviously potential esports titles, even if overwatch two is particularly well funny thought that of Microsoft yet. and Sony both now own like an esports company, which one Sony did... bought e Sony bought Evo during the pandemic. It does the, Oh, games. I didn't even hear about that. And now I... Microsoft has MLG. It was not like a huge announcement, and I, it was you know it's it's just Evo. It's yeah, not, it, it's like not it somewhere. It's big, but if you don't was. care about fighting games, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... So Sony owns that, so I think that's cool. And then I guess with the Activision thing, so uh, Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat was talking about this. In retrospect, he heard that Bobby Kotick was like working through Christmas, and same with I think Phil Spencer, and he was like. It's weird because I've never heard that about them before. And now he's like, oh, this is why. This is what was happening. Yeah. And I do think that like these talks obviously have been going on for a long time. But at the same time, everyone's talking to everyone. Everyone's up for sale. It's just finding that right price point for both companies to agree on. And I do think without the current Activision scandal that lowered the stock price and got it closer to Microsoft's number, this deal doesn't happen. And no, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Brian said this specifically but since this deal's in this pre-buy phase, legally Microsoft cannot dictate to Activision anything about their business. So they can't say Kodak will be fired. They can't say fired Bobby Kodak. They can't right. say any of that legally. Yes. Yeah. Is yeah. it probably going to happen? Yeah, he's, I doubt he stays on afterwards. And even I mean, if he didn't have his parachute in his stock, someone's going to hire him as a consultant like two yeah. weeks later when he gets <laughs> back from Belize. It, yeah. It, it, as shitty as he is or is supposed to be if, you know, everything is true. Well, he's shitty even without that what, for his, right. bad video, his bad business practices. <laughs> I even agree. Even without the awful sexual harassment scandals. Yeah. True. He's already a shit so, person. So, but whatever and the case... And he's a millionaire, so he's, like, pretty <laughs> shitty, too, for that. He's not going to have a tough life after this. So people that no, might no. cheer when Microsoft's like, oh, we fired Bobby Kotick, it's like, listen, dude, like, he's perfectly fucking fine. Yeah. Like, it, you can forget about all the... Just the money the dude has in the bank without any of the shit they might give him is enough to live 10,000 lifetimes for anybody else. I'm really just kind of hoping he gets... Leaves Activision Blizzard and just doesn't work for a game studio. Like, work somewhere else, fine. Just don't be no, in charge of that. It's going to be really tough for a game studio to pull off the PR of hiring him. Right. No, no, that's what... He'll be a consultant, and he'll, they'll, they'll, the cons, they'll get hired the consultancy, and you won't know because it's a consultant's right. private company... Or te it'll be ten cent, and what are you gonna do about ten cent? <laughs> or, or he just takes the money and 
doesn't care about like the amount of money he's going to be able to go away with. Yeah, but guys just like retire. him always want to make more. It's a, it's it's a high score. That's what it's all. No, I I, I understand. I'm just it's saying. It's not even like, about spending. I think about myself, like, and I'm like, you give me money's... like one tenth of that money, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. You'll never see me again. Like, it's... Uh, so as far as the deal, good for Microsoft, good for Activision Blizzard. Neither. What do you guys think? I'm I'm concerned. Um, how seriously Microsoft is going to try and sweep under the rugs these allegations? Are they going to perform sweeping changes that the Blizzard walkouts, the unionization efforts of Ravensoft? They're gonna just guys cut that shit out. Uh, Codex gone, cut it out. <laughs> or are they gonna try and improve meaningful changes? Not even just at Activision Blizzard, but all their studios. There's no, I don't think, recent news about issues at Microsoft Studios. I've no one's really complained. We haven't heard any negative things about Bethesda really since being bought, other than they keep making Skyrim. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm curious what it's gonna be. I, I there's probably gonna be a big hiring spree just because you're we're literally talking about Activision. It's just a company comprised of COD support studios. So I'm really curious what they do with some of these licenses. And like, they brought home Geometry Wars. It's back as a Microsoft <laughs> title. They own it again. Like, are they going to make like another Guitar Hero? Like, is that a thing that's possible? I feel like it's, it's a like, franchise I mean, that could Harmonix come back. is with Epic and now Activision's here. Like, how does that work? What? Harmonix never owned Guitar Hero. Oh, so it's Activision that owns the rights. Yeah, th- that's why Harmonix made Rock Band after they left. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Right, 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 right. You know, you got King's Quest. <laughs> you got DJ Hero. And I think the weirdest part, which Brian mentioned, we didn't touch on. They own King now. You guys remember King? They still make Candy Crush, which is like a top five game to this day. Like, on daily sales. They bought yeah. that, too. Like, hey. Like, holy. Well, that's one of those I things didn't realize like, that. I mean, like, financially, that's one of the reasons it makes sense. Is because of Candy Crush. It's not something mm-hmm. I've ever played or given a shit about. But in terms of money, it's a it's a gold mine. Did you guys remember Prototype? They own that now. I remember Prototype, but yeah, I didn't realize that was an Activision game. I think in my mind that that was always a, a Sony game for some reason. It's I mean, because I think I think Sony I'm thinking of Infamous. To that. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, no, because it's Infamous. very similar to Infamous, which yeah. came out like <laughs> the same time. So I'm kind of excited about this deal. We'll see what Microsoft does with it. I'm excited for Warzone 2 because I think they'll get it right this time and not promise to add 40 fucking guns to the game every year. <laughs> yeah, right. What are you talking That's what sells shit. What do you... That's how it makes uh, so much money. But there's so many other free-to-play battle royales that make a shit ton of money. More there's than Warzone? one called Fortnite that doesn't have to do that. One. And they basically funded... The earlier news story of Epic buying Bandcamp. <laughs> I understand that, but you're talking about one title that's competing. Oh, I mean, Apex makes a shit ton. But is I mean, are they on Warzone levels? Because Warzone makes billions. I I don't know have the financials for that. I don't know it would EA. I don't know if EA's released that. But I mean, well, what, I guess the point I'm making is is like Fortnite and Warzone are subsisting off of the same format of selling microtransactions but warzone doesn't need to sell like have 270 guns to sell you stuff is my point they just i mean they do i mean that's our business model now i'm hoping it changes i'm just saying you can sell just sell skins for like 40 guns i I, or 70 guns not not a new 50 every year that's the issue i agree but i'm not saying they need to do that going forward and i think that's the biggest issue with the game 
is like the meta doesn't change because of something fun. It changes because go buy the new $70 Call of Duty real quick because you got to level up these guns to be competitive. Because we're not going to fix the fucking broken guns until you had them for two weeks. Right, like, and that that's the why I stopped the playing. DMR and, and, Black Ops. And, I'm, and I'm hoping that's what they do. And I'm hoping that they change, like you're saying, and they go to a much less predatory practice. Whether that happens by Warzone 2 or not, I don't know, because Microsoft won't own this by then. No, but they'll, they'll own them by the time Black Ops comes out, I think. By the time uh, the next Black Ops comes delayed. out, yes, but not by the time so, Warzone I mean, unless, 2 comes Warzone out. Warzone 2 is preloading in the first 500 fucking guns from Warzone 1. Who gives a shit? Why are we doing this? Just like, just like. Oh no, I'm not saying it'll preload cares? those those guns in, but I'm saying it'll be the same seasonal pass method of you got to buy the season pass to get the new gun because it's going to be the meta. So to to Ian's point, like the the constant addition of guns every year because they're doing another annual Call of Duty release. If when Warzone Two comes out, we have a two year gap between Call of Duty games, so we're not going to get another annual release that's going to release another fifty guns in the game. So anything else they add to that is going to be additions to either Modern Warfare Two. Or Warzone 2, whatever they specifically add to the game. If they want to add a handful of guns, fine. You're not going to get a front load of 50 guns all at once. They're possibly game-breaking because they're just new and built on a different engine or a different game or whatever. Right. This is a so whole other issue. It still might be able to give them time to settle in and take the time to figure out the game and get it working. So I, And I think, to your earlier point, I haven't heard anything either about anything bad working culture or anything like that at Microsoft-owned studios. I think everything right. seems to be going pretty good for anybody under the Microsoft umbrella. I even think I've I've seen headlines and articles saying that Microsoft almost seems too relaxed that they're not up any of these studios or developers' asses trying to get games out there. And people are like, well, should we be doing something? Or like, is someone going to tell us we need to do something? Because they just seem like Psychonauts just came go out. We're stuff. all good. Psychonauts came out. It's all fine. I mean, it, here's the thing. Like, the creativity and that creative flow that makes the best games we're going to get doesn't come from that pressure grind that we've seen so much recently where it's wh whether Activision. it's Ubisoft or EA or Activision or whatever one of these big companies forcing these developers to push out games year after year. Well, after the flip year, side is the games have get to, stale and boring. You have to get people to make decisions, right? Otherwise, because if they don't have, have any deadlines. Yeah, everyone's just going to say, oh, okay, we'll get try. Uh, I don't know. Let's change this. Uh, and then it's just a constant cycle of changing I what you're doing and not releasing anything. But I don't think we're at that point yet with the current Microsoft model. Like, Infinite came out. They forced it out. Event. They didn't keep delaying it. Infinite yeah. got pushed out probably still too early, possibly, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, I mean, Bethesda's met their target. You know, Ghostwire Tokyo is coming out like, tomorrow, I think? Yeah, I mean, 25th. 25th. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. This. Yeah, that's so, tomorrow. Like, you know, Microsoft's been in control of that now for the last year and a half or whatever. Starfield's still on cycle. schedule for November. Hasn't yeah, so been I delayed, don't think there's been which might for, still happen, but Bethesda, there hasn't been any changes. I think from a lot of the other Microsoft studios, I think they're letting them play around more because they they're not working on a lead IP. Yeah, you know? they're yeah. not working on that, or it's not. And Starfield's a new IP, but it's from the makers of Your Life. You know, so <laughs> oh yeah, that's why they're kind of doing that more. I, I well, I'm curious how it's going to be because we're getting to that point where you know there's this consolidation. Which is probably going to slow down now that the Fed's raising the interest rate. Money's no longer free. And also with inflation, that was another reason to burn all this cash because your money was worth less every day. So that's mm -hmm. why we saw a lot of these big expenditures recently. I think that's going to start to slow down as interest rates get cut and it's a little harder to 
switch these. And I don't think, like you mentioned, I don't think we'll have the government blocking this deal because at the end of the day, even by purchasing Activision Blizzard, Microsoft's still number three in video game revenue. Yeah. Oh, fair. Yeah. And and the, the other aspect to it is I, I think, you know, from a gamer's perspective, I don't personally like to see things consolidate as much, but if Microsoft is going to take studios that are maybe, I guess, per, you know, handling things in a shitty way, the way that Activision Blizzard, I guess, was handling things, given the way their employees' response and all the accusations and all that, and they're going to write that ship, I don't mind it as much. Whereas, I mean, that's, like, the Sony that's with an outcome Bungie that thing, might be happening because they bought it, but that's obviously... That's not the reason saying this. It. That's not the reason they bought it. I don't I'm think saying, saying it's that, something that'll make it okay it's for me. a byproduct? Me. Right. Th that byproduct, to me, makes it worth it. Whereas Sony buying Bungie, to me, is just a keeping up with the Joneses thing purely. Well, also, I'm very curious because they said they bought Bungie because they want to use their history and their experience of live uh, what are the games as a service live model. service live service games as a service and they want to release I think 10 live service games for the next like five years or something crazy and that's right. just too fucking many yeah and too to be completely many. honest if they like this is where I would say like as a huge destiny fan and don't get me wrong destiny is pretty successful and I think that's in spite of Bungie's live service and I think that's where Sony may have made a misstep here, is that Bungie's live service, honestly, is not good. They update the game every couple of months to fix broken shit. I mean, it, it doesn't... Okay, they come they are more not frequently the, than that because Telesto's broken way more often than that. <laughs> and then it, but it stays broken. Like, when they Telesto... Just, they, it, just it, they just let, let it go. It. They update the game to take Telesto out of certain activities. I mean, to also be clear, too, I don't know many live service games that actually keep up to stuff and make sure everything's working all the time. Every live service game I can think of has issues. The only one that I actually think does pretty well and constant Fortnite. updates to refresh is Fortnite. Right, and what I guess the point I'm getting at is in terms of turnover on it, you're talking about a live service game company from Bungie. Now, I'll ask you both this, since neither one of you is into Destiny as much as I am. How many days do you think it's been for a live service game that Sony just paid almost $4 billion for for the company to run their live service? How many days do you think it's been since the last PvP map was added to Destiny? Okay, well, I, we've talked about this before. It's been like years. I don't remember now. It's been like three, yeah, four years. Over 900 days. Oh, not even three years. That's nothing. Since but the again, last time a PvP map was added, it has been over 900 days, and this is the live service company that so that Sony wants to buy to operate things for again, them. Again, I guess I the just issue comes question to, do people whether that's a good choice. PvP, which I think is a very good point to bring up. They might care Lost more Ark. if we got a new map more than every 900 days. Because <laughs> Lost Ark today, or yeah, today with the new patch released ranked, ranked PvP, and they put out a Twitter poll like, you gonna hit like platinum rank, bronze rank, or you don't give a shit? And 56% of players said, don't give a shit. 
Yeah, but that, so, that's a different. Like, that's different than a, a different. FPS, but I, I, I think that's know, the same PvP, thing with New World. Like, a lot of people got turned off when it was just a PvP game. I think like the sure. PvP aspects a little overblown in some of these games where you have another focus to go to. Like COD doesn't have that issue because that's really yeah, all the game. There's a PvP fairly meaningless campaign, yeah. and then you hop into PvP. Like you're going for that. So I, I think with destiny though they're buying a company that has managed servers and then been through hardware refreshes too with their games now and at the very least it's not anthem we're not talking about the company I mean, that released anthem to, to, to they didn't clear, release battleborn they the, have a game that's still like i said top 10 played on steam daily like i understand the game but to, to be clear they got it is, on stadia that this is <laughs> this is still a company in bungie that we are in year seven of destiny at this point yes we are in year seven and we are still on peer-to-peer servers you're talking about them with their experience with servers they use peer-to-peer servers for a a, a pvp experience yeah but that's called being cheap i mean either way mike in my what i'm thinking of like any live service game too just the fact that destiny is still around seven years later they're doing something right as a live service game the game is fun as shit okay the the the, the core game is fun as shit but i well i'm saying like the and the life service the framework funded the the framework and the foundation the game is built upon is so great that it keeps people playing but the management of the game is extremely poor i just find it tough for me to say anyone does it well that's not fortnite i feel like most players just dislike the active development cycle like even respawn people give shit all the time for and i think apex is like pretty well managed apex i think is one of the better ones too but they have definitely had their issues with bugs and stuff when they update stuff too and i like and i think but i think like online if you read about it like people hate them i think bungie does like in the space there's just not that many people that do it better there's just really not like there's not many options i guess is what you're saying there's not a lot of options in in companies to get to manage live service games for you if you're picking them it's what warzone fortnite apex Apex, and I guess if you want to include like WoW and stuff, like the bigger MMOs. Then I mean, things like, like PUBG are still out there too. What isn't? Doesn't PUBG operate like a live service still? Ah, oh, that's a game. Yeah, that game's out still. <laughs> I forgot about that. I never. And I you've played, got Tarkov. I played ten games and we found out it didn't have crossplay, so I stopped. But y- so you've I, got I just Tarkov and you've got Valorant that operates on a somewhat live service basis. It's okay, not a battle royale, but it's a live that's service. That's Rito. Rito does their own thing. No one's but, buying no, no, Rito no, 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 except Tencent. We're, we're talking you can't about buy Rito. We're talking about live service options, and I'm just saying, Rito's untouchable. All right. Because you have to buy Tencent. I, I, no I, one I, buy I get, Tencent. I what, all right. All right, That's we're getting true. hung up Nobody's on this now, too. Time. So, Spider-Man sucks. Un- untrue, uh, but moving on. The, <laughs> what the uh, fuck does... Ian, I think what? you kind of talked about it, but, you know, the the deal was Sony and Bungie, right? So, if Bungie remains an independent studio and keeps the Destiny IP, what does Sony get out of the deal? So, you're saying the only thing they're really getting is the, the ex- expertise, quote-unquote, with live service stuff. That's what... Sony said they're getting. That's well, I mean, what they the profits, specifically said they in the them. deal is they want that experience that Bungie has. They'll continue. They're obviously going to get a cut of the revenue and stuff because they own yeah. it now. However, that's going to be set up as because they're going to be an independent subsidiary of Sony, where Sony might not necessarily force certain policies on them for Destiny future content. You know, it's a whole other thing because none of us have the contract to read how that deal right. went out. It's very 
different than what Mike, we know what Microsoft's is for the most part, just because they are very open that they're buying the whole studio and changing the culture. Yeah. Sony seems to be, we bought them to fund them and bring and basically snag some of their design people to help us develop our 10 live service games. We want to release that. I think it's like the next five years, which that's like two fucking a year. And that's too many Yeah. for yeah, one well, company. I, there's already like, too many. I'm playing Lost Ark. I got I got to quit that, or I got to start playing. I, I got too many games that are live <laughs> service to play, and not including my non live service games. I want to play. It's too and, many live service games. Stop it. <laughs> just make them all have NFTs, so I don't have to play them. Just like, I want that now. I want you to announce NFTs for games, so I can skip them. That this needs to be where games just be Elden Ring that has zero microtransactions, zero live service shit, zero any of that. Just buy the game and play it. I mean, they they started nerfing stuff already. No, no, no. There's active, there's active you, patches for it. There's servers for people to connect to for online. You, it's an always online game. No, it's not. You can play offline. We'll see about that. Give it time. <laughs> I mean, do you see the the Bungie Sony deal is sort of like reactionary to Microsoft? Do you think Absolutely. like you I mean, know, Microsoft buying a bunch of studios, so now Sony no, feels like they got to do the same thing? This no, this deal has this level of money and this type of buy has been in the works for a long time. I'm sure at the same Bungie's been talking to Microsoft too. This didn't oh, this yeah. deal didn't get wrapped up in two weeks. Like no, they, no, no, they, no, 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 no. I'm not just talking I, about just reactionary the, to Bethesda more than Yeah, anything. I'm not yeah, I'm not talking about no, reactionary I mean, this, to Activision, this but like consolidation you know, years has ago. been happening for a long time. And I, I don't right. think it's really I don't think it's a reactionary in that sense. It's reactionary to market flavors happening that made it easier to acquire studios. Yeah. I don't think it's a direct reaction to anything Microsoft specifically has done because of the scale of it. It's just, I mean, I think Microsoft is, is very clearly trying to get studios under their belt. They want to pad up game pass. They want people to get on the subscription model service. My, Sony has also been buying studios too. They just bought another one this week. What, uh, what was it? Haven software. I think they bought it was Jay. Yeah, they, they've been studio. buying up like smaller, talented studios. Not, well, they have not made, other than the Bungie thing, giant acquisitions lately. Right. So I don't know if Sony is now trying to start, like, depending on what type of rumors you hear or read, I don't know, and I guess what do you guys think, if, since Microsoft has proven that I think Game Pass is a viable option, do you have any idea if Sony is working on something like that? Do you see some, Sony kind of, like, they've always tried to stay away from that. It doesn't seem like they've no. wanted to do the subscription model service like that and have a games library that way. They seem to be shying away from it, but Microsoft has proven it's working. I don't know. Do you I think mean, Sony will go that way with some of the stuff they're buying? I don't. They have PlayStation Now that's already kind of like that. I believe it's mostly to play the PlayStation games on your PC through like cloud software. Yeah. So they have something similar already. It's well, not great. It's, it exists. It, it, a lot they of what they have View, is... Which was their TV service that they cut. Yeah. I think Sony's <laughs> still committed to hardware first business, and they believe you push hardware by putting out AAA single player experiences and i think they're trying to diversify that some with the bungee acquisition to spread out a little bit to not maybe fall behind in the multiplayer sphere just not just to microsoft but to gaming in general yeah i think we've been moving more this direction fortnite's an experience now it's not a game you know yeah fortnite is a whole other fucking like you could have a child now that only gate like participates in fortnite and never plays another game the rest of their life (laughs) It, they wouldn't run out of content to do, you know? Like, that would be enough for them. You could just tell them the computer is a Fortnite machine. 
They wouldn't know any better. If the only you thing nothing on else on, the, on that machine. There's no word. There's no spreadsheets. There's no internet. It's just it launches. It launches straight to Fortnite. <laughs> you have it run on startup. And I, I, I think that's what Sony's doing. I, I think they're still hardware first. Hardware is what makes them money. I think they're going for. It's kind of how their other businesses are. A lot of hardware focuses. Like even the movie division was like helping out the solidify Blu-ray sales. Yeah. The solidify hardware. Yeah. I think that's still Sony's MO, and I don't think that changes until Sony as a whole changes, and they get a different kind of CEO in that position, which I don't foresee anytime soon. Mike, do you think we'll see a Sony subscription service model like Game Pass or no? I mean, you have PS Plus already, which is not anywhere near the value that you're getting from Game Pass. Yeah. And the value's not there, but they're also not charging as much for it. It's like 60 bucks for a year of PS Plus, right? Whereas yeah. Game Pass is still 15 bucks a month, which I'm not yes. experiencing yet because I bought a shit ton of it ahead of time and I'm still paid up for like over a year. Mine finally kicks out, I think, in January or uh, June. June is when I'm going to start have to pay 15 bucks a month if I still want Game Pass. Right. It, it, like it, You're the one that told me about it and I just kept re-upping it until they stopped letting you just up the Game Pass. For whatever it was, there's like a like a buck, and then you could preload a couple years ahead. Yeah, you just and paid like just the kinda... Xbox Live Gold price. Yeah, to get the full year as opposed to the fifteen a month, you paid like sixty or whatever you could get the gold. But at this point, for. like I'm addicted, so I'm going to end up paying fifteen bucks a month from here on out because I'm they locked me in. Right, and, and I guess what I'm saying is, do I see them getting something like that? No. Uh, the reason for that is is they rely on those sales. They need the game sales more than they need the subscription prices because the games that they're putting on their service are not as replayable as some of the games that you're getting on the Game Pass service because they rely so much on their studios right now to be single-player-driven narratives. Yeah. Whereas Game Pass has a lot of multiplayer-driven stuff and I think maybe that's part of the Bungie acquisition is they want the multiplayer end to come in so that people have a reason, maybe in the future, for a live service like that. Maybe they start up a Game Pass thing. You know what I mean? And, you know, like Game Pass took a long while to ruminate and get to where oh, yeah. it is now, where it's actually a value, like a worthwhile thing. Maybe they start something like that soon so that by the time they're ready for these live service games to kick off that they have a reason for you to buy it and keep up with it as opposed to paying for it for however long playing what you wanted to play and then stopping. I just don't see it also because I, I don't think we mentioned this is just how much Microsoft is worth. Not Xbox division. Microsoft can afford oh. to do this. Yes. Sony, the video game division is their highest profit division in Sony. And it's a much smaller company than Microsoft. I don't think Sony could, I don't think they would survive it. You mean like upfront right. the cost to get that up and running? Uh, yeah, and I to... don't know how many years they could do it if they couldn't, if the market doesn't completely shift that way. Like Microsoft is trying, predicting. I don't think they could eat losses like that, like Microsoft yeah. can. I know, you know, we talked about it pretty much every time we talk about video games and how the future of games. It's just like Microsoft has their model, which is go through for through Xbox Live, Game Pass, streaming video games, anywhere you want to play, you can stream our library of stuff. Sony is still, like Ian said, very much on the hardware side. We want to sell consoles. We want to sell discs. We want to sell full games and get you. That's how we're going to make the profit there. 
they're going different directions. It's going to be very interesting in a couple of years to see where this goes and who ends up where. And, and Cause if one really goes ahead of the other, like I, I really don't, because they're going two different directions, it's hard for me to see them compete in the same way. Like I, I, I still feel like, I, like, I don't know where the money is. Like I'm, I'm still surprised Microsoft makes money off of all the studios they are buying on top of whatever they have to license for games to come to game pass. Like they're, that can't be cheap either. Well, I think, like the Epic Game Store, I don't think they're making money off that currently. No, they're they're I, just but, but trying the plan to draw is you eventually in. we will. Yeah, because right. I think part of it too we got to remember is like the whole Southeast Asian market is basically a mobile market, and games, cloud gaming, X Cloud, that's what that's for. Yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. thing is to set up to get the Southeast Asian market engaged with the Xbox brand through their phone and gaming in there. Like, there's some huge MMOs we've never heard of that are big on mobile devices in Southeast Asia that make not maybe Fortnite money, but Warzone money. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And yeah, it, it'll be interesting. And I think it's something like potentially. I'm not going to say Sony will ever go for it, but I could see a world in the future where you can buy Game Pass on PlayStation. No, oh, I mean. Oh, yeah, Phil I think Spencer they've already has tried that. Tried. Yeah. He's also talking to Nintendo about it. I've heard that, I think too. it's more yeah. likely to end up on Nintendo. Nintendo already has a couple, couple cloud games. Like, Control on Switch is a cloud game. Right. So I could see them letting it happen. And I, this isn't maybe totally related, but it's, it just came up recently. Because the Xbox has been a 20-year brand now, I think it is, right? Something like that. You know how yeah. many consoles Microsoft sold in Japan of all of their consoles combined? I, I guess a it's a very low number because I don't think they sell a lot. Percentage-wise, compared a quarter to PlayStation. Million. Yeah. Out of all their consoles. From original Xbox to the Series X, two and a quarter million. That, and right. and I'm pretty sure they sold more probably... versions of the newest Pokemon in Japan <laughs> no, than that. Easily. Easily. <laughs> e- that, like, that's it's not even wild close. how bad Microsoft does in Japan. Yeah. That's why I think I wonder with the mobile stuff, though, because Japan has a very mobile-focused thing. That's kind of why the Switch is the Switch, because it's well, that at-home console that's really a mobile console. It doesn't take up a lot of room in the smaller Japanese apartments. I wonder if xCloud can penetrate Japan for Microsoft. Well, at least the, the interesting stuff for Microsoft, I feel like, is it, like, what's not selling over there? Is it just the console themselves, or is it the games that they don't care about? Because if they can access them on their phone, if it's the same games, they're not going to give a crap about that anyway. Well, I mean, so they're not buying the console in the first place, so it's hard to... The attach rate, I don't know what the attach rate is off the top of my head. Okay, so like there might be games, games interesting selling. for them. They're just not getting the hardware to well, play the game, so they're not And also remember, Microsoft during the 360 days had bought in a couple Japanese studios yes, to try yeah. and penetrate that market. I think they've moved away from that strategy recently, but I could see them trying again. Well, in, in, Square you're Enix talking is probably about, for sale. In, 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 you're talking about an American company competing directly with two Japanese companies for their business. Right. You're talking about Sony and Nintendo being the other two giants in this industry. And Japan, unlike the United States, is a very small country by comparison in terms of just geography. And there's a, something about, I mean, it's been a thing here for how long? Buying made in the USA. Are you going to be able to penetrate that you know, patriotic sense of like, I buy Nintendo and Sony because they're Japanese companies that a lot of 
not saying all or anything like that, but a lot of the people that live there may have. Are you going to be able to penetrate that? Are you going to be able something to Apple break was through? able to do with the iPhone? That's so I'm curious if Microsoft's but able were to they take away anything from that. Were they competing with other Japanese companies? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of Japan had like flip phones even into like several generations of iPhone, but Apple has at this point really penetrated the market to be the major player in the Japanese phone market now. Whereas before but, it was mostly smaller Japanese companies that consolidated over time. Did maybe not, you know, no one's they don't have an Apple of Japan over there. But I think right. there's a That's way for say, US you're really companies talking about like to, Google versus Apple in this case, as opposed to there's still you know, traditional I mean, Japanese companies yeah, versus an like, American. You company. even have Huawei, which is the Chinese brand that makes the smartphones cheaper. I think there's still ways to penetrate the market as a foreigner, even with two. Titans is like Nintendo and Sony. I think it's just finding the right pitch, and I think xCloud is the best chance Microsoft's had of it. Well, I'm still... Right. Maybe this is just my I, thought process. I don't process, disagree with that at all. The, with Sony and Nintendo, it's like I, they definitely have games that are geared toward the Japanese audience. I can't think of a lot of games on Xbox that are geared towards that audience. So is the audience being hooked because the games are there, or the, are the games being made for that audience because they have the consoles? They, that chicken egg. Yeah, yeah, so I, I guess, agree. like, in in my mind, if Microsoft is able to make some sort of, like, a, a game for the Japanese market that then can be accessed through the cloud, that might be their way in. I just can't think of anything, like you said, I think they had some Japanese studios they don't anymore. I don't know of any studios they have that are making games for that market. I don't and it's think either they do, because but... maybe, but yeah, maybe because it's just not there that they're not bothering with it, but if they want a way in, I feel like that's the way to do it. They have, though, recently licensed, like, um, for xCloud, for, not xCloud, but for Game Pass releases, several of the Final Fantasy titles. Oh, right, yeah. Um, they, it, it's separate in Japan, but they brought over Fantasy Star Online 2, which is a much bigger game in Japan. Microsoft led the Western release of that. Yeah, They're true. still trying to make, I think, inroads there. And, you know, part of the problem is, too, I think Microsoft was really well known for their shooter franchises, which just aren't popular in Japan. Right. Like, right. Apex somehow blew up in Japan, and no one's still 100% sure why. People <laughs> think it's because of the cast of characters. But that was, that's probably the biggest shooter Japan's had. It's got a little anime Apex. feel to well, it, like, so I think that could fit. Well, let's see, was, Overwatch was very big in South Korea, though, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. like it but it didn't really catch in Japan. No, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like all Apex the best did, teams though. and all that and shit were all mm -hmm. South Korean, and it was huge there. But which goes into the whole Blizzard owns South Korea somehow thing. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I it's... don't get how they have like multiple titles that dominate that country. Yeah, because it doesn't make it. There's not really a rhyme or reason to it. Like a lot of the Japanese titles we're talking about are Japanese made and like traditionally mm -hmm. made in like. Japanese language that gets translated to English yeah. when they get brought here. Where that's so they, not the yeah, case with these titles that, that Blizzard has going into South Korea. No, Starcraft this is... has nothing to do with South Korea. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, there's, it's made in English and translated to Korean. It's not. It's weird. It's definitely different. Um. So I'm looking at the clock, and we've already really yeah. made this episode twice as long as I originally. And we stopped talking about the news. We've started <laughs> talking about general strategy for these companies. <laughs> so let's try to wrap Hire up with us. like between, between the two deals between Microsoft getting Activision Blizzard and Sony getting Bungie, I guess, which one do you think had the better deal? Which one do you think made out better? And I we'll mean, just kind of wrap up with that. I thought you were going to say something else. I'm just going to be like, well, obviously the one that was for 10 times as much <laughs> was more important. <laughs> but, um, the better deal, I still think Microsoft, they're going to make that money back 
I would say within five, seven years, probably. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. won't take them long. They probably won't make us back as quickly as Disney did with Star Wars. And I think the the other issue is Sony's is less tangible, the benefit. We'll right. See. Yeah. Like, even if, let's say, like, three of these live service games are pretty big hits they have coming out, are we ever going to be able to, in a tangible way, say that's because of the Bungie deal? I don't think so. Maybe someone at Sony would know, but I don't think we'd ever know. So I don't know if we're ever going to be like, thank God they bought Bungie. That I almost feel like you'd, you see, know what I mean? you'd see more on Bungie's end than Sony's end. Like, yeah, you can, I think you can Bungie see more now, on Bungie benefits than Sony benefits. Because Bungie, once again, like they did with Activision, has secure funding, but they don't have megalomaniac Bobby Kodak, who at <laughs> 60 years old is going by Bobby. Um, I I think that this one's hard to judge. And I think part of what Ian said is right. I think Microsoft makes that money back. I don't know if five to seven years to make that kind of money back. I don't honestly know. That's that's really tough to tell. But it, I guess the difference in the deals for me in terms of price, you're talking about 20 times the price. Oh, yeah. You know, that is involved here. So for me, it's hard to say like, oh, yeah, they got a better deal or what. I, well, fuck if I know what $70 billion really buys you. I don't fucking... Like, it, that's really tough for me to say. <laughs> like, is $70 billion a good deal for, you know, Activision Blizzard? I mean, I guess if you I compare it to what it was like, worth a year before, yeah, great deal. <laughs> like, right, well, yeah, but how can you can't compare that because it might never be worth that again. Like, it's, you're not wrong. Well, well, it never will be because it's not an independent company. <laughs> right? No, you're right. You know though, we don't know. We you, don't, you don't know. know what's gonna happen. Like, you can't say like, "Well, it was worth that a year ago." Well, shit. So was this, and it's worth two cents now. Like, it's hello, Bitcoin. Yeah. Um. It, it's one of those things where. I, I hope they both made good deals and that we, the gamers, benefit a lot from it. That's all I really give a shit about. You know what I mean? Like, if Microsoft loses a few billion dollars, I could not give a fuck. It does yeah, not. It will never affect me. And the same goes for Sony. It does not affect me. I just want a better experience on the end user. I, I guess I'm more worried. The Sony deal, I think, just because the smaller nature of Sony is more worrying if the deal is bad because it could hurt them more. And right. we need at least these two companies to exist for some competition. And that's, that's I think, part of it, right? Is yeah, that, like Microsoft Nintendo's continues really to thing. buy studios all the time. And that gets a little bit scary because they're getting so much under their umbrella. But like Mike said, as a consumer, I'm like, give them all the fucking shit because I know that's going to end up on Game Pass and I am subscribed to Game Pass. So as a consumer, that's just more shit for me and to it, have access to and I, be able I just, to play. And even... It, like on that like to me it's not necessarily just i subscribe to game pass so i get to play it because it's on game pass for me it's like i want the games to be better oh yeah that's I, like i personally yes. honestly yeah. like in the last let's say seven years or so i have seen a downturn in what should be a higher quality of game things look prettier but i see so many much shittier business practices than we ever dealt with before popping up and how games are developed and presented to us with a lot of these live service games and it has become so just money grubbing and greedy on just the nickel and dime level that they do to us i want to see that get better i want to see games and the gaming culture and the culture of creating games get better if and this leads the to that cycles. cool right the development like, cycles for the developers for the people for everything i don't need a cod every year I don't need an Assassin's Creed every year, even though that's not part of this. 
yet. Who knows what they're buying next. But it's I don't need these things. And yet we still have the same franchises so often from the companies with the most resources to create new great IP. We get the same franchises shoved down our throats because profits. Yeah. So, you know, like, in my own perfect world, Activision puts the money towards making a new great first-person shooter from Treyarch in I mean, 2024. That's what Oblivion did. They, since getting bought by Microsoft, they've done, they're doing three new IPs. Yeah, and, and that that's what I want to see happening. New IPs, not sequels in the same cookie-cutter bullshit that we always get. And that's something I think I've I've trusted with, not that I know the guy, but anything that I see or read or interviews or whatever from Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer seems like he knows what he wants to do. He knows how developers work. He knows how to treat developers and studios and give them the time, the resources. And it seems like, like Ian was saying, give let them play and make new stuff. We're, we're going to foot the bill. It's fine. That He seems much more relaxed than other studios and stuff like that. And if he's in charge of all these studios and can let them do what they want to do when they want to do it, I think everybody benefits. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's easy to be that way when you're Microsoft and you have what amounts to essentially an unlimited bankroll. Yeah. But also, we we can't forget that they were talking about selling off the Xbox division back like in the 360 era and stuff. So I think yeah. he's also doing a very good job of handling that C-suit level Microsoft Thing. So who knows where we are when he leaves? Who yeah, Phil Spencer is, is is Xbox right now. Like he turned it around from the Xbox One's debut at E3, however many years ago that was. Like and, he bounced back well for them. And thankfully, he's young and he seems very motivated yeah. to stick with it and keep it as good as it can be. Um. All right. So like I said, wrap I think it up. Talked long enough. Yeah. This is this is it. We're, we're, I'll be done before I gotta cut, cut these all this. off before. Yeah. Cut all the show. <laughs> All right, hello, everybody. Uh, we're back for a little addition to this episode, which uh, we kind of teased uh, last week. Uh, when I talked about splitting the episode, I said if the rumors were true, we might have something else to add to the next episode, and here we are. Uh, one of the few things, or one of the few times, I guess, we've actually talked about news as it happens. We're usually behind the curve, so this is something that's actually new, and we're, t- we're talking about it as it happens. Um, I got Mike and Ian back for this bit. Uh, we're just going to kind of jump into it, and... Uh, You'll hear from them probably a little bit. So, we talked about it earlier in the episode about PlayStation's reaction to the Game Pass and if they're possibly considering consolidating their studios to start their own Game Pass, like, subscription service and how likely that could be. I think we kind of leaning towards that it either wasn't going to happen or at least happening later since their marketing strategies are different from Xbox. But uh, here we are a few days later and Sony has announced they are revamping their PlayStation Plus subscriptions and adding three tiers of options. Um, and they said they hope to roll this out before the end of June for most markets. Um, going over the tiers that they talked about, uh, we have a PlayStation Plus Essential, which it says provides the same benefits the PlayStation Plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, and online multiplayer access. There are no existing chains for PlayStation Plus PlayStation Plus members in this tier. So this is the same price uh, as current PlayStation Plus subscriptions. So that is 10 bucks a month, 25 bucks if you pay quarterly, and $60 if you pay yearly. So that's the first tier. Second tier, PlayStation Plus Extra, which provides all the benefits from the essential tier, and then adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable 
PS4, and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable for play, so it doesn't really say anything about streaming in this tier. Uh, prices for this tier, 15 bucks a month, $40 if you pay quarterly, or $100 for the year. Uh, the third tier is PlayStation Plus Premium, which provides all the benefits from the essential and extra tiers, adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming. It does not say you can download them, literally just streaming. Uh, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Uh, offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tier markets, uh, where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. And then it goes on to, it has a little asterisk saying, PC streaming is not available in Japan at launch and will be supported in a future update. Uh, limited time game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try to select games before they buy. Price for this one is 18 bucks a month, $50 quarterly, and 120 if you pay yearly. Uh, press release goes on to say, The new extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus. With these tiers, our key focus is to ensure that the hundreds of games we offer will include the best quality content set us apart. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences available with a library that will be regularly refreshed. More details to come on the games we'll have on our new PlayStation Plus service. Uh, they say when the new PlayStation Plus service launches, PlayStation Now will transition into the new PlayStation Plus offering and will no longer be available as a standalone service. PlayStation Now customers will migrate over to PlayStation Plus Premium with no increase to their current subscription fees at launch. Uh, it's a massive effort they are rolling out over the next PlayStation Plus offering and phased in a regional approach. In the June timeframe, we'll begin with the initial launch in several markets in Asia, followed by North America, Europe, and the rest of the world where PlayStation Plus is offered. We aim to have most PlayStation Network territories live with our new PlayStation Plus game subscription service by the end of the first half of 2022. Why they did just say the end of June, I don't know. But uh, we also plan to expand, expand our cloud streaming benefit to additional markets, and we'll provide more details at a later date. Um, anything else in here that's worth mentioning? But the reason they said first half is it also they could just be like, oh, we meant fiscal year. Oh, yeah, like I guess. Something's late. <laughs> yeah, it just says the first... End of the first half of 2022. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Everything else is saying June. They keep talking about June, so I don't know. It's first half of 2022 is the end of June. Um, with the all-new PlayStation Plus, we're focusing on delivering compelling game subscription service with curated content from our exclusive PlayStation Studios team and our third-party partners. The newly enhanced PlayStation Plus will enable our fans to discover and engage more content. Uh, yeah, so they don't seem like they are getting i i should have looked for other stuff i remember seeing in articles i think they confirmed that they are not doing like the day and date stuff that game pass does it seems like 
the at least the first party stuff. I'm assuming the third party stuff is the same way that it's not hitting the day it releases. You still have to wait a little bit before it shows up on this service. Well, they uh, the CEO explicitly said that to support the style and density and quality of their first party games, it would be impossible to provide them day and date on this service. <laughs> Even though their competitor has been doing it, so. Well, no, but does their competitor have the sheer quality? <laughs> is that, that is that the he's difference? Trying to claim. He, he's trying to throw shade, like, their games aren't as good as ours. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Halo Infinite compared to Horizon. I mean, I think there's something to be said for those two recent ones. Yeah. You could argue. I have not played Horizon, and I have not, I have avoided spoilers, but I'm sure it's very good. So. Yeah. I've, I've not played it either, so I can't, I can't attribute to that either. Um. So, just for comparison's sake, for anyone that doesn't have Xbox Live or Xbox Game Pass, uh, here are some price comparisons. So, Xbox Live, which gives you the ability to play online, you get two, well, I guess four monthly games, because you get two Xbox One and two 360 games for free if you're part of Gold. They're not the best quality anymore, because they're putting all their good shit on Game Pass, but it's it's there as part of the service. Um, 10 bucks a month, 25 bucks for three months, $40 for six months. Or sixty dollars for the year is just for Xbox Live and the ability to play online. Uh, Xbox Game Pass, it is ten dollars a month for console, ten dollars a month for PC if you just want to play on either or. Um, PC for their ten dollar month also includes EA Play access, uh, or you bundle them with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes your Xbox Live subscription, Xbox Game Pass for console and PC. And includes EA access for both. And that comes to $15 a month. So that's, I think, what at least Mike and I are signed up for and we've been using. Right, and and they have no yearly price, correct? I haven't seen one for Game Pass. Neither have I. I just wanted to clarify for the listeners that there is not a yearly price on that. Yeah, because I was looking at their, like, Xbox's website for Game Pass to join it. And they only list three tiers, Ultimate, PC, or Console. That's it. But I, you know, I think we talked. I might have even mentioned it the last time that when we talked uh, previously with all this stuff, the um, Xbox Game Pass pretty much has me locked in. Like I'm, I'm so used to it now that it's going to be hard not to have it. And I feel like I'm going to be giving Microsoft fifteen bucks a month for the foreseeable future. I, I don't know. With Game Pass, I don't feel as locked into it. I feel like it's something that I wish I was using more than I am. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, there's just so much there, and then it gets like intimidating. And I, you know, I really have to drop the games as a service games that I play, where things I just play the same thing for a thousand hours and nothing else. Yeah, that's right. I, I got I to drop that and start playing more variety, and I think I'll start getting my money's worth. I honestly don't think I've gotten my money's worth out of Game Pass because I tend to play so much. Of just a couple games. Yeah. So it has interfered with me getting value out of it. Yeah. Um, so I threw a lot of information at you guys. Uh, Ian, what do you think of Sony's tiers? Are they a good deal? Do you think they're split up fair? Price points sound okay? Well, I mean, the first tier is just the current service. Yeah. So it's yeah. whatever. I mean, I guess it's fair. They didn't take anything away from you you know what's yeah that's cool i guess you know hey now it's essential because you need it you fucking need it. <laughs> you gotta buy it guys 
Um, <clears throat> the extra tier, you know, they're going 400 games roughly. Xbox still advertises as just over 100 games for all of their tiers. Yeah. Sony's like, here's 400-ish PS4 and PS5 games. I am curious how much of that is overlap where you have the PS5 and PS4 version. Right, right, games. right. Yeah. Hopefully Especially not much. Into it. I mean, that's the one that's really competing with Game Pass because it's the same price. Yeah. You don't get the xCloud part of it. You don't get the cloud there. But I don't know how much that part matters to most people. Like, I'm sure it's a nice benefit, but I don't think that many people care about it. It's just, I think the key here is you're not getting those first-party titles, which Sony was never going to do, which I think we discussed before we started recording this. Yeah. That even regardless of how we felt about them doing a Game Pass, they were never going to give away those key titles that move consoles. Yeah. No, you, you know, you'll get them the a couple years down the road, perhaps. But they're not right gonna... now. It's two years to get it on PC, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's something similar for this. You think they'd actually wait two years before putting it on their own subscription service? I mean, that's how long they wait to put it on PC. I don't know. That's what my baseline would be without knowing. I could see a year. Six months seems too quick, but maybe at least a year. We'll have to see what they do. But when did Miles Morales come out? That was, that was like a launch title, right? That was a PS5 launch, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was what? December 2020? I'm trying to remember when the consoles out? came out. Yeah, something probably something like Well, that. I feel like it was meant to be a launch title, but it wasn't like right at launch or it was in that holiday 2020 season so we're we're looking at about 18 months that they're willing to throw miles morales on yeah november 12 2020 was miles morales release date okay so we could reasonably say that 18 months is an expectation we could start with because that's about what they're going with here since the service won't be out until just after 18 months but approximately well, I guess we could look at two, you could like say the that time frame, the handful of games they mentioned, which what they said is going to include at launch of this service. So end of June, when this goes live, Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11 and Returnal. Which one of those games oh. is the most recent out of that list? Well, Returnal might be more recent than Miles Morales. So we could maybe base it off of Returnal's close. release date. Yeah, Returnal would have been after, but it was close. They were both... Maybe that was January or February? Uh, Returnal says April 30th, 2021, according to Google. Okay, so April. Then you're talking just over a year that they're winning. That's a first-party title. Right, so that, that sort of lines up with sort of my thoughts. I think anywhere between six months to a year for first-party stuff I could see. Well, and they also said they're going to have the playable demos in, right. in there. Like, So we could see possibly just see the demos for the first party titles within that first year be available like hey you want to try it out before you buy it and how do they go. do do they do demos now is it like a limited time thing like you have 10 hours to play a thing and that's it or do they just like like the demos, demos when magazines died sorry you both talked at the same time <laughs> i i just said i feel like that's your return window it's so like, you have, depending on the service, it's like two hours here, five hours on that one. Like I think Steam. Sony is like does two not hours. have a return policy. They have no returns. No, that's why they got real upset with CD Projekt Red. Um, <laughs> ah, okay, and probably Activision. So there isn't one. I I said 
demos died when magazines died because they stopped giving demo discs. Well, those discs like, used to be like you had a, a finite part of a game. That yeah, yeah, but then there was the same thing on 360 gave you a finite part of games for a while, right? Which was still in the demo disc era. Basically, demos have been dead since then. Like you get them some, like the Steam Summer Game Fest Jam has like demos now, but like for the most part on consoles, demos are gone. So the what does I mean? Like, what would you teasers. demo then? Do do you download the whole game and you only have a time of like some games do the early Presumably access? That's what they mean. Stuff, yeah. So it'd be like an early access type of thing where you can play the game, but you only get five to ten hours of said game, and then it just locks you out, and you have to purchase the rest of the game if you want to finish what you're playing. That in five to ten that. hours is generous. I would bet like two hours max. Yeah. Would be yeah, they for, would do. when it's on a service like that, yeah, I would think that's reasonable. Okay. Because, like... That's just also going to be painful with hard drive space on these consoles. Oh, yeah. Download yeah. a full game. Well, did they, didn't they say it was going to be cloud demos? Uh, did they say that? Or am I just... Uh, the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is the highest tier, offers cloud streaming access for PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games. Uh, streamer, customer stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. Um, I think that's the only thing that mentions streaming is the premium tier. So when they talk about the demos, it doesn't... And PS3 games are available via cloud streaming. So it doesn't say anything about demos being... It just says limited time game trials will be offered in this tier. So customers can try to select games before they buy. So it doesn't tell you streaming or... Not. I'm okay. guessing that means download, like Ian was talking about. Okay, that's fair. I just wanted to clarify that. And, like, personally, the last time I remember a game doing anything like this was several months before release. Resident Evil 7 had a playable teaser. Um, they, I think they got the idea probably from PT, uh, which was the game that never happened. The, the most uh, valuable demo of all time. You can sell your PS4 with a PT on it for like $900. <laughs> yeah, the old Kojima Silent Hill game that just never came to be. Well, it got canceled. Yeah, it never came to be. It, it should be brought back. It should be made a thing it again. Won't. It won't, but... Damn it, give me something to hope for. Um, But they, they, I think they were going in that green. They gave you like an hour's worth of gameplay. You could spend as much time as you wanted uh, during that, but they anticipated it to be an hour's worth of time with the game. Yeah. They didn't show you how the game started. It wasn't like, play the first hour. It was like they dropped you in at a point, and you had an hour to wander around one of the first areas of the game. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what do you think about these tiers? Good deal? I don't like that there's not as much options. In I mean, they give you three of- options. Well, no, they give you three options, but they lock you in. Because I would be much more apt to want the old stuff that's coming on the one tier. Like, they say, like, there's an additional 340 or whatever older games on that highest tier. Yes. I would be more apt to want just that without the other. So, you mean just the But old I can only get it. Generation yeah, just the older stuff. stuff. Just give me the old classic stuff. When I want to play a new game, I'll just buy it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'd, I'd rather have an option that gives me just that as a price. I mean, that's pretty much who this who this tier is for. Like, if you're not getting day one releases with a lot of the new games, they want you to buy that stuff anyway. So the the premium tier is basically just to hey, you want to play some old games that you can't really get anywhere else. This is the way to do it. 
you have access to all that stuff. Right, which they're saying, all told, that's like 700 and some odd games then? Uh, they're saying 340 yeah. old games and 400... That, yes. That one, that's that's too much. It, it, that that's I'll, I'll net my ADHD is just going to go off the friggin' wall looking at how many different games and trying to find the one I want. But it, not that that's a bad thing. Too many games, not a bad thing. It's just I know myself. But it's something where I'm just looking at it like, couldn't there just be a classic package, as opposed to the one that forces the other on you? It was called the PS One Classic, and you could have bought it. <laughs> it had like twenty games on it. This has three hundred. What do you want from them? You pick one or the other. I like, understand. That's the whole I'm... point. That they're not going to give you like just the retro games. Go buy those individually off the store. Go break out your PSP and buy them off the PSP store. Yes, the PSP is clear store... here though is they don't mention Vita, which is upsetting. <laughs> Where are the Vita games? I know at least ten released. Where are they? <laughs> what about the movies I bought for my PSP? Can't can't I get UMD those? Disc. UMD discs still work on your PSP. <laughs> no true. one's asking for your PS1 disc to work on the PS5. This is no. letting you play games now. I do like that the PS3 games have to be streamed because they don't want to figure out how to get the cell architecture to emulate po- properly on the PS5. Yeah, I got that like, too. Fuck it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do that. Um, you know, I mean, that's the other thing. There's a lot of ways to play these older games. With like the Mister now has a PS1 core. There's a lot of emulation of Raspberry Pi to play this kind of stuff. So if you really want to play the old stuff, there's definitely non-perfect avenues to do it. <laughs> I, but I understand that. if you want that. to do it officially, like, give us our $18 and play Twisted Metal Black. I Right, and I get that, and I want to do that. But I also would rather give them whatever price they would want for it without the extra stuff in that middle tier. I mean, this is much better than, I think, the Nintendo one. Like, where it's like, give us 50 bucks a year and here's, like, some shitty NES game you don't care about and the Animal Crossing DLC. <laughs> so, it, speaking of, since I know, Brian, you didn't bring up the Nintendo one, Nintendo has been doing this um, recently. We ne- we never talked about it. But uh, just recently, they added a Nintendo 64 add-on to, like, the... So, like, if you have Nintendo Switch Online, you get... NES and Super NES games. That's just part of it. You don't pay any extra for it. That's just what you pay to play online. So, like, I have Switch Online so I can play, like, competitive Pokemon, stuff like that. If you want to do anything like that, you have to have it. And the NES and SNES games come with that. But they just added, like, I think it's N64 and maybe Game Boy? Genesis. Genesis ah N64 and Genesis games they put on this for an additional cost. Uh and then I looked at it and I looked at the list of games and I'm like you want that much for these like eight games? And it, yeah, it's it, only it was like just a handful so con- of stuff. And yeah, and the it, Animal Crossing DLC like Ian mentioned like so if you're really into Animal, Animal Crossing <laughs> it was just one of those confusing moments where I'm like they, like if you compare the well, three, Nintendo's definitely behind because it's like this year it's the Mario Kart DLC though, so <laughs> Yeah, they gotta work kinda... on their subscription tiers. You, no, you they kinda don't. get my point. You're gonna pay it. <laughs> if you're on Nintendo, I'm, you're gonna pay it. You I'm not though, choice. like that one I'm not at least. Because it like no, that one I mean, to me. They don't care. I understand it, like it's it's just I would pay for it if they put more on it. When I say there's like eight games, I'm I might be being generous. Yeah, like it is extremely small. Nintendo would much rather sell it to you again for another fifty dollars as part of some shitty 
pack in like that year of Mario bullshit. I, <laughs> I think here what we have is True. a clear-cut case of Sony trying to respond and doing the very best they can without compromising those day one sales they want for their single player titles because they don't have a trillion dollar market cap like Microsoft. Yeah. This is probably the best they could have done. I bet this even was a fight internally to get this much offered. And I think that's why there's three tiers and not just throw all that shit into the second tier. Yeah. They're like, we got to get a couple extra bucks for the streaming, the servers, Cause when it comes the streaming to, servers. Because when it comes down to it, this is the, the premium tier that would be the most comparable to Game Pass and Xbox Live and all that stuff bundled together is more expensive than what Game Pass Ultimate is. You're looking at 18 bucks a month or 120 per year, which I guess amounts to, what, 10 bucks a month if you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, like Mike said, Xbox does not have a yearly option. So if you pay the year up front for PlayStation Plus Premium, you are getting a it's deal cheaper. where it comes in lower than what Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate would be. Comes in at like a third lower than what Game Pass Ultimate is. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just from comparison's sake, maybe just list of, of criteria. You can even throw a price point in there. How do you think this stacks up to Xboxes? Do you have a preference one way or the other between the two? Is is the PlayStation 1 something you guys would sign up for and try? Personally, I'm going to need to see the like the current PS4, PS5 games list before I can decide on that. If it's If they have a very similar list of titles to what Xbox has. In other words, a bunch of indie games and, you know, a lot of games that... I'm saying if there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, yeah. Xbox is going to be the better value because it gets day and date releases. If it doesn't... You care about those ones, though. That's the key, though, I think, too. You have to actually care about those first-party Xbox titles. I mean, even if you don't, like, you're signed up for the service. So it's like, the whole point is, like, it's going to hopefully get you to play stuff you wouldn't normally pay. Yes, I'm not going to pay $60 for this game, but it's available for Game Pass. Why don't I just fucking try it and see what it's like? Death Stranding. Right. (laughs) There you go. And, and, And this is something where I would say, you know, a lot of these games on Game Pass, I have no interest in most of them. And you multiply that up to what PlayStation's planning on offering, and it's going to be the same thing for just about any gamer. There's very few gamers out there that are into every genre of video game. So you don't dabble in anything in Game Pass. You just go for the games you're looking for, and if they're not there, they're not there. The ones you want, you try. I I didn't say that. I'm saying there's some games I'll immediately write off. It's like some genres I just do not play. Yeah. And then there's yet to mention Tunic. (laughs) I have no idea what the fuck that is, so... Game of the year. Doubt it. It's been getting Um, a lot of buzz. It has. I haven't played it either, but I know it's on there. It, on I will game look Pass. it up. But I guess he's that gonna have, he's going to be on his fourth game, like new game plus next podcast. <laughs> I'm on plus eight now. It's fine. No, I'm talking about Tunic. <laughs> oh, oh. All right. Well, we'll I'll look into it. Um, in terms of like the value, I think PlayStation has volume. There in the total number of games they're offering, and they're trying to go with that volume and the classic feel that they can bring. Um, and offer that to try and combat the day and date releases. Yeah. So they're like, we have a bunch more games, but you're not getting the day one stuff. I personally have interest in both. Um, 
like I said, I would rather be able just to get the classic games because that interests me more going back and replaying through a bunch of older series that it's been a long time. I mean, when's the last time you actually played Metal Gear Solid? You know, I'm assuming that will be there. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like if certain games aren't there and they're not getting their own classic library right, then it's like, what the hell's wrong? So we're assuming things like Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, the Resident Evil games in their original I mean, those, format will be there. Those are Konami games, so that's a lot tougher to get Konami to do something. It's going to be interesting to see what third parties they get involved in this. Like, the games list is going to be a big seller for, I think, a lot of people. Like, they yes. give you a handful of games at the start. We don't know how quickly some of the other first-party stuff's going to hit the service. We don't know how quickly some of the third-party stuff's going to hit the service or what third-party games are going to be on the service when it goes live. Like, those are details we don't have yet, but it's that could, I think, make or break some of the service for people. Because remember, right. they did. I think if Metal Gear was on here, they would have mentioned that before Death Stranding. Well, not not the new Metal Gears. I'm I'm saying they're talking no, about any the, of them. I would have mentioned, but they were hell, talking about PS4, PS5 games in that frame. I would have mentioned Metal Gear, well, non solid, Metal Gear Acid, one of the greatest games of all time on PSP, not mentioned. <laughs> Okay, it's not, it's it's on PSP. Given that the only games the they mentioned PSP by games. name, the greatest all time games were current gen slash PS4 titles. I'm gonna say that that's why that's not there. Phantom Pain. Um, but I, I I'd also love to go back and replay the God of War series, replay the Uncharted series, do a lot of this stuff without having to go and actually buy them and get a console they work on. Or it's just like okay, they're on the subscription service. Cool, I can get to them when I want to, whenever I want to do it it's just right there yeah um they they have a really good back catalog and what they have that xbox doesn't is that ps1 era stuff because xbox wasn't around then i mean they, they had that ps1 era n64 competition that they had and a lot of the games from that era are fantastic that i want to go back and see how badly they hold up yeah, because a lot of those older games like that hold up horribly. Wait, so they're not good? You just said they're good games, it, well, and now they're horrible. Make up no, no. your mind, and I think that's the big thing. Cliffy B said it. No one actually gives a shit about backwards compatibility. <laughs> you keep saying you want it, but you never play those games because they're broken and they're full of jank, and no one makes open world games like GTA 3 anymore because they suck. <laughs> Move on to the new goodies. Unless they're PSP games, then hell yeah, bring them on. <laughs> This service is, eh, you're going to get it because you're a PlayStation owner. This isn't, like, if you have both consoles, I think the best thing is going to be is subscribe to one at a fucking time. Yeah. Whichever oh, there's a using. new hot Xbox release. I got the Xbox this one. You know, just swap them because even with Xbox nowadays, it's not like there's a bunch of, um, on, on Game Pass, like a bunch of, like, games as a service games on there, you know? Yeah. And... Both services now, free games, or you don't need the Gold or PlayStation Plus to play online. So, like, Fortnite, Apex Legends, a lot of those that people probably play online, you don't need to be actively subscribed to play those online with your friends. Yeah, So I just, There's less and less need to actually be active on one of them. Unless you're playing very specific games of a service on one of them, which, you know kind of your fault for being a nerd <laughs> i think i think yeah the the xbox definitely like i said has my money that's the one i'm probably going to pay for between the two um i i kind of want to see how playstation stuff 
turns out, like once it launches what the selection of games is. And I don't know, I guess maybe even a question of like how often they rotate the games out. Is it going to be monthly? Is it going to be two months, three months? Like how often does the library of stuff that's offered rotate? Like that could be a deciding factor also. I think the stuff on Game Pass sticks around fairly long, or at least I feel like it's long, but at least long enough to play the games. Yeah. And get through them. Um, And I think one of the things I didn't mention that I think Ian might've brought up was that the, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate comes with the cloud option. Like, you can stream stuff to your phone, to a tablet, to any device with the Xbox Game Pass app. Play things that way. They've recently started bringing that... Uh, that... Uh, the, the the cloud-based stuff to consoles. You can actually... There's certain games you can play... Stream, stream it from your console without taking up the hard drive space. Which, for me, has actually been helpful for a few games I've tried just because I don't want to put them on my console because the Series X is running out of hard drive space just to try to make room for shit. So being able to just pop into a game and stream it, which works fairly well for single-player games that I've tried it with. I haven't tried it with multiplayer stuff, but for single-player games, I think it works pretty good through a console, which I think is beneficial. One I've tried is um, Wreckfest, and it worked fine, but that's also not a Twitch shooter or something. Yeah, it's, right. They get a little more forgiving because even if it does fuck up, the whole point of breakfast is kind of to fuck up. <laughs> there are crashes but, involved. I mean, for, for just like an example, like if you look right now at the PS Now games, which is going to not exist when the service launches, you have Resident Evil 4 on there, Resident Evil Veronica X, Resident Evil Revelations. Like there's a lot of games presumably would make the transfer over, you would think. Yeah, right? you would think. Yeah, you would expect. You know, Homefront. In- Remember Homefront? <laughs> Um, and, and I think, for me personally, I've never used the cloud streaming, um, but I like the idea that that could be the future of how we're going to game because of how large game files are tending to get Oh yeah, in some of the bigger titles. And, you know, like the developers are very well aware that in a lot of cases, this is a way to push people out is with the size of the game. Because, you know, all of a sudden, games start getting too big, and then people have to buy another hard drive. And you're starting to not only push people out with, you know, the size of the file not having space, or you're pricing them out where it's like, man, if I want to play this and not have to re-download shit, I have to go and get another hard drive to put it on. Yeah. And people don't want to do that. So the cloud gaming, if they can get it, you know functioning as close to a downloaded game as possible over the cloud so people can play competitively that way that would be really cool i don't think we're there yet we're probably not there yet but i haven't tried it myself so i can't say but i would assume we're not i have tried it on my phone here and there just to see how it works and it seems like i I think i tried destiny on my phone a couple times just to see how it holds up and it would load in very quickly you'd start to be able to play it for a little bit but after a while it just starts to lag and then it never felt like it could catch up to itself granted that was probably sometime last year when i probably the last time i tried it on my phone so i don't know if it's if they've made improvements since then but it was it's felt like a good starting point i'm i'm hoping it it gets tighter and and smoother i guess as we go but and and that's also a phone is is a is compared to something that has a better connection to the internet. You know, a phone service is going to matter for that very much. But say you have a wired console, yeah, and you know you're able to go through your Ethernet and cloud game. 
Yeah, because it was very much dependent on Wi-Fi and stuff at the time. So, right. So I mean, like the speed of the internet you're getting. Yeah, that makes it tough. Uh, Part of the reason we were talking uh, the last time we recorded, which is all part of the same episode, was Sony buying Bungie. Are we going to see Destiny and all Destiny content show up on this subscription service for PlayStation or no? That's a really tough question. Um, because I like you would expect it, but the way Bungie operates with that kind of stuff, it's really tough to tell what the hell they're going to do next. I mean, they had Beyond Light mm. on Game Pass, and that and left Game Pass, and now it's you know now they're owned by Sony. Right. So, yeah, I, I would assume we're going to see it there, but are we going to see all the content there? Or is it yeah. going to be just like they did with Game Pass, where it's only the current year that is on Game Pass, and the past years with older content you still have to pay for? I think the that, difference that, there was be... they're not owned by Microsoft, so they still wanted that money. And now that they are owned by Sony, I think it's a possibility that you right. could actually see all that stuff on Sony's console as, yeah, that, as part of this service. That's a tricky question. I, I don't know what... Well, we'll see when we see on that one, I guess. Yeah. Sony's quality of games cannot be supported by being day-and-date releases on this new Game Pass service. That goes for Destiny, that goes for Horizon. But as of right now, the Destiny stuff that's out is not day-and-date release. It's been released. So I'm like, from Witch Queen back, you could see all of that stuff possibly on on PlayStation. It's been been like a month. (laughs) Cool your jets. It's also not coming out until June. Don't try to bankrupt Sony on your podcast. (laughs) I won't stand for it. Well, I also think Destiny being a day and date release is is more complicated because it's a game as a service kind of thing. You know, where like if you have all the old content available, but you can't get the new content through the thing. You know, you get what I'm saying here. Like it's it's kind of a weird spot to put the game in because it's a game. It it, it works as a service game, so I, I don't know what to expect from that because it's different than other. You know, this isn't God of War, where it's like you download the game, you play the game, and that's what's there, and it's never going to change. Yeah. You I mean, know, the, so... the, the stupid easy thing to do would just be make all of the content free and just make people pay for season passes and silver to buy cosmetics and shit. That would be the easy way to do it. It won't happen. Oh, it'll be complicated. <laughs> it'll, it'll be overcomplicated. Well, it just, no I just reason. don't think it'll end up on the service. You don't think you'll you'll see any Destiny stuff on Sony's PlayStation service? No. Okay. I, like the free one that already exists, sure. I guess if we're gonna count, <laughs> well, that's the free, free one, everywhere. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If we're gonna count that, sure. Uh, outside of that, are they gonna give you any of the premium Destiny content bundled in as part of this service as one of those games? No. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it will end up there at some point. I don't know how soon, but I definitely think if Destiny Three is announced, sure. Not a second I'll, sooner. I'll <laughs> say it'll be a it'll, it'll end up there, but it'll be a strange, weird, convoluted system that doesn't make sense to anybody. That everybody has to ask for clarification for a thousand times because it's too complicated to figure out when it could have been a lot easier. I think that I would think be that's my already anticipation. Destiny. I mean, I think yeah, exactly. Like that. That's why I think that's what it'll be when it gets onto the <laughs> Sony service. I think I think Ian's suggestion makes more sense, which is probably why we won't see it. Is just put all the content on there, like you said, season passes and silver. You still have to pay extra for it. That makes sense to me. Um, what I could see them doing is either one or the other. Either the most recent content will have hit the service six months after it's released, and that would maybe be it, and then they still want you to buy all the backwards 
like content that's been out or the reverse of that and all the past content is free but they still want you to pay for that latest and greatest and you won't be able to get that on the service for a year until the next big batch of content comes out i could see something like that happening too but i also don't know if this is this is something we'll get an answer to when it comes out in june or if you know since witch queen came out in what February. I don't know if we'll wait till the if they'd wait as far as the fall of this year, presumably when another big batch of content comes out, or if they push that till February again. Basically, like a year close nine months to a year from when Witch Queen came out. I could see them putting something, whatever Witch you know Witch Queen and prior on the service or something. Well, but I guess well, we'll that's see. when the new expansion comes out. Right. So you just you make the latest and greatest have to yeah, have that, to pay for that. The the next expansion is called Lightfall. And it's going to be probably like these nuts. <laughs> and it's going to be probably also February, March next year. Like that's their roadmap on the. Well, it used to be November, right? They pushed Witch Queen because it got delayed. Well, I didn't know if the other stuff was be, delayed too. It used to be the first week of September. Okay. So like, um, Taking King, Rise of Iron, Destiny Two, and Forsaken all came out that first week of September. Okay. And then with Shadowkeep and Beyond Light, Shadowkeep got pushed to November. Or maybe Shadowkeep got pushed to October. And then Beyond Light got pushed to November. And then with COVID and everything and all that, with Shadowkeep being fully affected by that, or not yeah. Shadowkeep, Witch Queen, it got pushed back all the way into February. Right, okay. So it's they're just going to go with a full year cycle back to late winter, early spring. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I guess we'll, we're still, there's still a lot of wait and see details, I think, for this. But initial announcement, at least for, for PlayStation owners, you have something to look forward to and think about, I guess, come June, uh, which tier you want to go for. See if there's anything appealing in, in any of these that, uh, if you're like Mike, if you want all those back catalog games, it looks like you're looking for the, pre the premium tier, highest tier for that one. Um, I, like, is there any benefit to the, ex the middle tier? Would anyone get this just for the, catalog of ps4 and ps5 games just the the newer stuff well and i feel like the final tier there's targeted towards some older gamers yeah that's why it's including those games there is because we're the ones that will pay for them we grew up with them you know we're the ones and we're also older now and we make more money than the younger kids do because we have jobs and we're not 17 and worried about what PlayStation service we're going to use. It's like the one that has the old stuff, that one. Because, I mean, the, the mid-tier PlayStation they're thinking. PlayStation Plus Extra is the most one that, like, the one that's comparable most to Xbox Game Pass. Price points are the same. You know, you get your access to the PS4 and PS5 games, um, third-party PlayStation Studio stuff. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. We'll, I think, we'll you know, the, the thing that I'm hoping... For Sony, and as somebody that will probably subscribe to this at some point to at least try it out, my hope is that they have been sitting back and taking notice and watching what Xbox was doing, learning from it, and learning how to make it better than it is. That's my hope. But I mean, at the very least, I think for Sony, this is... Be? I don't know. At the very least for Sony, I think this is a good starting point. Like, they're, they're going to try it. I'm hoping they stick with it. I mean, Game Pass started rough when it started, too. There was not a lot on there when it started, and it's grown to what it is today, which I think is an excellent deal in a variety of games that, that are in there. So 
hopefully Sony will get there. Probably not at the start, but within a year, maybe two, they can they can hit that spot. Yeah, you're definitely right. At the beginning, Game Pass was not worth it, but it was also much cheaper. And you like for a while, you could just add it basically for free. It was like a buck. They still do and, like occasionally. There's still those deals where you can sign up for the first month for a dollar, and then you're kind of yeah. in it. But I mean, like when it first started, there, there was so little there. There was no first party like day and date stuff. It was so limited when it first started that it didn't seem that great. Yeah. And now I just I wish I had more time for it. That's all. Um, Ian, I know you're not a PlayStation player, so you probably have you're you're not gonna check this out at all. I mean, I'm more likely to check out PS Now for the $10 a month to stream on my PC before they get rid of it than paying $18 to try and do the same thing later. <laughs> Why wouldn't I just save the $10? Yeah. So now I'm going to go through and go back and beat, um, let's see, what's this say here? Oh, Nobunaga's 11th Kingdom. <laughs> Did you just pull that out of, your, out of your ass? or like? It's on the list. Have you had Nobunaga. your eye on that game or you just looked at a weird ass name and said, I'm going to play that? There's a Nobunaga is a very famous general in Japan, and it's kind of an in joke amongst my friends. So I always look for Nobunaga and stuff. So that's I can't tell if you're full of shit or not. <laughs> um, all right, so he was a general that was betrayed by his two lieutenants at a wall in this great battle. And there was recently an anime where he is great, 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 great. You're supposed to cut me off. By yeah, now. yeah, we're done. All right, that's it. That's where we're ending. This, <laughs> this like, is the end of the show. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I kind of wanted to see over there. how long your bit was going to last because I wasn't sure how long you'd keep going. But <laughs> all right, um, yeah. So that's it for us. Uh, this is this is the little amendum. Thanks for sticking with us for this uh, to what we we recorded before. Um, so since this is going to be at the end of the episode, I'm going to wrap up like we normally do. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Brygana Superfriends or go to Facebook.com/slash Brygana Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff here. Try to email us, braggasuperfriends at gmail.com. I, it's valid. It works. I won't check it. Uh, you know, fill up the inbox. It's it's all there. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BGSuperfriends. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch, Jedi Braggai. That's Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, if I play some games or we go live and do a show there and record, uh, it'll be done there. So follow and be ready. Uh, on behalf of Mike, Ian, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.